0: Well, good evening. I was thinking in that first song that we were singing there, Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. And yet, the struggle we have with the own one that we're dealing with, you know, uh, the one tongue that the Lord has blessed us with, uh, sometimes we struggle to use that to bless His holy name. And uh, I was thinking the uh, Spirit-controlled tongue uh, James asked me if uh, if I'm going to James 3, and that is correct. We will be going there tonight. But I guess as I was meditating upon this uh, passage of Scripture, I had to think what Jesus had mentioned to Nicodemus in uh, John chapter 3. He said, uh, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You know, the... Uh, the plant will always uh, be of the nature of the seed. I think you farmers know that. When you put corn in the field, that's the harvest you expect. And uh, in verse 8 in John, he said, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And I had to think of that three weeks ago. I was, went turkey hunting and If you know, it was very windy that morning. And when I was out there sitting underneath that big tree, I could hear the wind and I could feel it, but I couldn't see it. But when I looked up at them big trees swaying, we could see the effects of it. It was very evident the wind was blowing. And I believe Jesus is saying, so it is with the Spirit of God. None of us has seen the Spirit of God. But we see the effects. And those effects will be real in our life when the Spirit of God is in control. I know the Bible records in Genesis 18 that uh, when the angels came to Abraham and Sarah and said that she is going to have a baby, uh, she laughed. Well, I guess it was a little bit of the same response when Ray called and asked me if I would speak on the spirit-controlled tongue, because I'm thinking, "Wow, Ray has no idea uh, what struggle this boy has to bridle that tongue." And uh, in James 1:26, it says, "If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religious religion is vain." You know, so many times we can. Uh, speak and pretend that we love somebody uh, but if we really don't you know it's it's vain to pretend that we love and not and not to he says uh so i to think the uh, discretion of speech is probably better than fluency of speech you know it's so important how we uh, how we speak that we use discretion. And I had to think of this a lot when uh, as you probably all did the during the election during this covid pandemic you know we got in a lot of conversation with people that were religious. You know, I don't think they were murderers. I don't think they they would steal. I don't think they would cheat or fight. But one thing they did is they did not fear to speak evil of dignities. You know, the Bible says, it speaks pretty uh, clear about that. And uh, Titus 3.2, it says, to speak evil of no man. Uh, James 4.11 says, speak not evil one of another brethren. And 2 Peter 2.10 says, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh, the lust of uncleanness and despise government, Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. You know, we fail to know our limits. It seems like we're presumptuous. And Jude 1.10 says, But they speak evil of those things that they know not, but what they know naturally, as brute beasts, in these things or in those things they corrupt themselves. You know, they follow the instinct of the flesh. But 1 Peter 3:10 says. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. You know, let's refrain. Let's be sure that there's nothing immoral, uh, nothing sly or cunning. And I caught myself here, I believe it was just this week. uh, Someone was in the store to buy, I don't know what they were looking for, a refrigerator, complaining about how how things are going and what's happening in the world. And I had to think, as I was studying this here, I caught myself because I said, you know what, God is in control. And they thought, and they said, oh, yeah, that's right, God is in control. So that's our speech. We need to be very careful that we don't get caught up in that, in the negative uh, speaking. So tonight, I uh, just want to look at the controlled by the flesh, uh, you must be born again and controlled by the Spirit. Also probably be looking at the life of Peter a little bit. Uh, The evidence of a Spirit-controlled tongue and the power of a Spirit-controlled tongue. If the Holy Spirit is going to control her tongue he must live in her heart. You know, that is a fact. He must live in her our heart. Our first, bet, our first birth was of the flesh. We breathe after the flesh. We care about the flesh. We talk about the flesh. Our focus is on pleasing the flesh or gratifying the senses of the body. And life is about me. It's about elevating me. Um, it's interesting. I We were babysitting our grandchildren this weekend, and, you know, It's in that generation as well. I watch them play. Uh, It's about me. It's about my toys. It's about, you know, it doesn't matter at the expense of another. So we all deal with it. A wicked heart is expressed by wicked words and sinful actions. Uh, Jesus said that every tree is known by its own fruit. And a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And Jesus said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. That's what we have to guard against, the things that come out. So you can turn to James 3. I'll be reading the, uh, well, verses 2 to 8 at this time. For many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue... Is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a fire, or how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is a tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things. In the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So I think the the tongue is is just a small part of our body. I believe it's uh, proportionate here to the helm of a big ship. You know, it's a small, it is small, but yet it determines the course. Uh, it sets uh, the course for the whole body. You know, it says the tongue is small, but it boasts great things. And I to think uh, years ago when I worked in a warehouse, there was a man there. He was not very tall. He wasn't very big, but he had a pretty handy with his tongue. And uh, he mentioned to this bigger guy that he has a. Uh, he said, "I have a mean left hook." He said, "You know." If you don't stop it, I'll take care of it. And this bigger guy said, you know, you better make your first shot count or you're going to end up in a trash can. Well, as I got to witness, uh, that tongue set the course for his whole body because it ended up in the trash can. So that is how our tongue is. It can, it can set the course for the whole body. It says how great a fire it started uh, it, by an uncontrolled tongue. You know, most forest fires, or by some spark or some, maybe a cigarette or a careless use of a match. Uh, and then it creates a, a, a huge fire that's out of control. Well, the Bible says the devil is a liar and a murderer and accuser of the brethren. And when our lips are employed in these, they, set, they are set on the fire of hell. Words that stir up hatred, anger, rage, contention, slander, anything that will produce a fire of wrath are things that God hates. That in the uh, Proverbs 6 there, he mentions a false witness uh, that speaketh lies and soweth discord among the brethren. These are abominations in the eyes of God. And I'm amazed at how many different animals and uh, sea creatures that man is able to tame. The ability that God has given them uh, to tame them and have uh, control over them. Uh, we were at SeaWorld, I watched uh, the sea, the the dolphin show, the whale show, and how they can uh, train those, you know, mammoth of uh, things that swim in the water, uh, fish and dolphins and whales. Uh, Even in the animal uh, realm, how much, uh, if you went to a circus, you know, the ability God has given man uh, to tame wild animals. And yet, it says that, uh, no man can tame his tongue, or no man can tame another man's tongue. You know, but we are called to bridle it, to bridle his own. In Psalm 39.1, uh, David said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. It says the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So it's very clear that we need discretion in our speech. We need wisdom. If we read on here in James uh, verses 9 through 12, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man, or men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place? Sweet water and bitter, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out uh, of the good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. You know, I believe if our, if our tongues are controlled by the flesh, by the things that feel good to the flesh, these are things that are going to happen. You know, I believe that on Sunday, we're going to speak for the Lord. I believe on Monday, we will curse man that's made after the similitude of God. Uh, there was a man that stopped by the store, and he, he enjoyed... Uh, deer, roadkill deer, he would pick up, and uh, he was very bitter about these farmers that had him in pens, and, and he just was very vile, you know, his, his uh, language was very vile, and, and uh, I'm thinking, wow, this man sure needs the Lord, and then he stopped back to pick something up, and then he, he told me he had picked up another roadkill on his way home from church the other Sunday. How can this be? How can somebody be that, speak so evil, and then claim to go to church? You know, it just didn't resonate with me, but this is what happens here. But it's pretty clear that these verses point to a deeper issue than the tongue because I believe that the tongue only brings the surface, what's in the heart. You know, it's uh, what's in the heart that will come out. You know, I work for a... Company, I don't actually work in the water department, but we do provide uh, water systems. Where there's a well that's contaminated or has uh, impurities in, but I believe that uh, you know you first need to test to see what it is, and the, and the proper uh, equipment needs to be installed to clean that up. But the uh, when I think about our tongue and the poison of it. Uh, Again, I believe we need to to check the heart. The uh, verses 13 to 16, Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. When the water is tested, there is one thing, if you want potable water, it cannot even have the presence of bacteria. Because bacteria can multiply, it can reproduce at room temperature. And I had to think about this, the uh, evil... Uh, what's he say here? If you have a uh, bitter ending and strife in your hearts, you know, I believe that same thing can happen. You know, it may just be a small presence of it, but under certain conditions, it can erupt. It can cause much damage, uh, become very toxic. <clears throat> in uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says, looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled." I remember hoeing garden. garden. I uh, thought if you hoe that top off of that weed, it looked better. But my dad was very uh, careful to show me how to get that hoe under the ground, that you get rid of the root, because if you don't get rid of the root, we're going to deal with it again and again. And uh, I believe that's the same thing here. This cannot dwell in our hearts. So that would uh, bring me to the next point, you must be born again. You know, that needs to be dealt with, friends. We cannot have that in our hearts. If we want to have a spirit-controlled tongue, we need to have a spirit-controlled body. You know, we need to allow him, uh, we need to acknowledge that there is a problem. Because Jesus said in John 3.3, or in 3.7, he said, you must be born again. And then Jesus, uh, in John 3, 3, uh, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, this is a sure saying. If you're not born of the spirit, the flesh is still in control of your life. The flesh has dominion. The new birth is a prerequisite for receiving the spirit. You know, I need help. You know, my tongue continually gets me in trouble. Uh, We have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge there's a problem. And then we need to believe that Jesus can give new life. We need to repent of the wickedness in our hearts. We need to confess with our mouth the sins of our heart. We need to confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And you know, Jesus, when he was going back to heaven... He knew that man could not do it on his own. We were too weak. We would not be able to live a righteous life. In John 14, 26, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. You know, and then the nature of of the Spirit, the nature of a Spirit-controlled tongue is explained in John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify me. We see the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit is to bring glory to Christ. It's to testify of Jesus Christ. That is the work of the Spirit. And ye shall bear witness, because you've been with me from the beginning. We see his disciples also will bear witness. You know, I had to think in the Bible, we think about the tongue and the uh, how God used uh, different creatures to bring glory to Him. I had to think of Balaam's donkey. You know, Balaam's donkey spoke. Uh, but, you know, he brought glory to God, but after that, he was still a donkey. It was still a donkey. And when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the donkey, and his disciples were praising his name, they were, they were singing praises to, to him. And they were, uh, I think the Pharisees wanted them to hold their peace. And Jesus said, if they would hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. So I had to think God can use many things to bring glory to him, you know, but uh, they would still be stones. But there's one thing that just blesses me when I when I read in Ephesians 2, it says, But God, but God, who is rich in mercy and great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ. And then in John 3, 1, he says, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Wow. We are not just ordinary now. Now we are the sons of God. How exciting. You know, I think it's maybe, uh, maybe it's a Mennonite game, but people come into the store and I, I find that this younger generation, I don't really know them, but I often asked, you know, who is your father? You know, I want to make that connection. But, you know, when we are made alive in Christ, we're the children of God. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Doesn't that motivate you? Doesn't that excite you? We are not just ordinary. When the spirit comes in, he makes us a new creature. Now we are the sons of God. And the next point is the control by the spirit. In verses 17 and 18, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. We see the wisdom that is from above, the pure religion of the Lord Jesus, bought by his blood and infused by his spirit. You know, it's first, it's pure. It's pure. It's holy. It's clean. It's chaste. Uh, It's peaceable. Uh, It promotes peace among men. It's gentle. Uh, It's easy to be entreated. It's not stubborn or uh, of a a yielding disposition in in different things. Uh, It's full of mercy. It's uh, ready to forgive. It's ready to grant forgiveness. Uh, Good fruits, again, we think of the fruit of the spirit. It is that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. It says it's without partiality. It's not, uh, it's never being swayed by self-interest, worldly honor, or the fear of man. Uh, It's without hypocrisy, without uh, pretending to be what it's not. It says never working under a mask, and I had to think of that. Wow, I've been working under a mask quite a lot this last while. But hopefully not to mask something that's in the heart. You know, a lady come to me the other day and she said, you'll have to take that mask off because I, I don't hear very well and I need to be able to read your lips. Yeah, you know, I thought, that. wow, yeah, okay, that's uh, communicating. Um, so, but we, we are uh, without hypocrisy. We're open. Um, so when the Spirit controls my tongue, when there's righteousness in the soul, Now These virtues are the fruit. It says it's sown in peace. And when the peace of God rules the heart, all these virtues and graces grow and flourish abundantly. See, that is what comes out of the heart. Uh, I'm going to look at the uh, life of Peter here a little bit. I mean, these are words that I think sometimes of Peter being um, lifted up. When Peter, it says in Matthew uh, sixteen sixteen, and Simon Peter, I mean, Jesus asked a question. He said, uh, you know, who, who am I? First he asked, who do people say? Then he asked, you know, well, who do you say? And Peter said, and he answered, said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, you know, he had it right. And you would think of that there, and, and, and Jesus said, upon this confession, I'll build my church, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And then Peter, when Jesus said that he was going to suffer, he was going to need to suffer and die. And then Peter says to him, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And Jesus said, but Jesus turned and said, Peter, get get behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. You know, I had to think of that. Wow. Is that how we find ourselves sometimes? You know, still the flesh cries out, still rises up. And uh, Peter still had more concern for things of this world or things of the flesh more than the things of God. But you know, when, it, when the, uh, the Spirit controlled Peter, I just want to look at the, the evidence of a Spirit-controlled life in Peter in Acts 2. We see here, if you turn to Acts 2, uh, the Holy Spirit came with a mighty, a sound of a mighty rushing wind, uh, and His presence was seen by the cloven tongues of the fire upon those who received Him. You know, when that there wind, that rushing wind and those, those uh, cloven tongues, it says, uh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I'm not sure, Ray, if this is what you want me to speak on tonight, how to speak in tongues, and I'm not sure what you want it. but when I read this, you know, I see more clarity than confusion. You know, because it says they, and these were Galileans, but they, they spoke in the languages of those other people. Like they could be understood. You know, the Spirit of God brings clarity to the message of Christ. Let's not confuse it. That was what the Spirit was meant to do, is to bring glory to Christ, not to bring confusion in the church. But I believe God's message was for all people and languages. It said the cloven tongues, um, and I think of that. Why was it a split fire? Why did the flame go? As I understand, a cloven was a split tongue of fire, two points. Uh, but I believe it was for all languages. I believe it was for all people. It uh, it came for all people, and then. It says in uh, Acts 2.6, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in their own language, speaking the tongues. Okay, so speaking was not to bring confusion, but clarity to the message of God. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken to my words. You know, pay attention, listen Hear and do and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy know that was one of the signs they shall tell the future events and it came to pass that whosoever shall and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved again God's message God's spirit was for whosoever it was not just for the Jews but it was for whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord. The gospel gospels for all. And in Acts 2.22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. And the next words I, I highlight here, Jesus of Nazareth. That's who he was. that was the focus. You know, here are these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that it should be hold, he should be holden of it. You see here that spirit-controlled tongue. Peter, he proclaimed the message clearly. This Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, this is Jesus whom God hath raised up, whereof we are witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. You know, this... uh, in, an Acts, uh, in Acts 4.20, I believe Peter and John were brought before the council and they were told not to speak. And here in verse, uh, four, in Acts 4.20, it says, we cannot but speak those things which he have seen and heard. You know, I believe when we really have an experience where the Holy Spirit gives us new life, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard, the things which were done. Uh, We see that is evident in Peter's life here. And I'm so amazed at the power of the spirit-controlled tongue. You know, if you read on here in Acts 2, uh, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wow, 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. The power of a spirit-controlled tongue. How important it is that we use this tongue that God has given us for his glory. He has given us the power. Let's use it to his glory. And I had to think of the... uh, Peter's encounter, when he was called, uh, did he go to Cornelius, or did Cornelius come to him? But it says, uh, Peter expounded the story of Christ. He, he, he went through the uh, crucifixion uh, and how he was resurrected. And it says here in, in verse, uh, Acts 10.44, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. You know, the power of a spirit-controlled tongue. Wow, we can see it in Peter's life there. And I just think here, uh, I don't want to use a lot of words here tonight, but I'm just thinking here in closing some verses. Uh, Ray has already uh, spoke of the one here, but Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, I believe there's many a person has lost their life because of their tongue. I'll say it. But also, there's many a person has joined the kingdom of heaven because they confessed. They used their tongue to the glory of God. They confessed, they repented. And this is one of the verses that you elaborated on tonight, which I, I thought of as I was studying. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is breach in the spirit. You know, a wholesome tongue leads to life. That's clear in the Bible. And also uh, Colossians 4, 6, it says, "'Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, "'that you may know how you ought to answer every man.'" You know, I believe that's a challenge. Always speak the truth in love. Let's speak it in love. Uh, It says, season with salt. You know, salt preserves, and it also makes things much more appealing. You know, a little bit of salt, how much more appealing it is. So let's use wisdom. Let's use discretion in our speech. In closing tonight, let's just go back to uh, words of uh, Solomon and Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12. Here Solomon writes in in chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, verse 9, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught to people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as the nails fastened by the master of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. You know, I think here, suitable words. He sought out suitable words, words that could be easily understood. Let's not confuse it, let's not make it overcomplicated. Easily understood. Words of truth. And I believe it says as a goat, it's words that encourage, words that sort of prod us on. And it's given by one shepherd. Jesus Christ. So I don't know, maybe I didn't touch the most important here tonight, but uh, it was a challenge to me. Uh, I don't volunteer for these assignments really, but it was good for me to study. And I would challenge each of us, take time, uh, study uh, the proper use of our tongue. Uh, So at this time, let's just pause for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, again, we just pause to thank you for allowing us to look into your word tonight. And again as we just see the examples in scripture, how your spirit moves in the lives of men when we yield yielded to you. So Father, it's my prayer that again tonight, each of us would take serious our walk with you. We would take a look at what's in our heart. Father, you provided a way that we can have freedom, we can have deliverance and we can have clean water. We can have that uh, everlasting a water of life to, to share with those around us. So Father, help us uh, to be faithful and to uh, serve you faithfully with the opportunities you give us. So Father, we just again thank you for allowing us to be here. And Lord, we ask that you would bless us as we leave. Through Christ we pray. Amen. <coughs>